Well, hadn't this been good? Praise the Lord. Open your Bible with me, please, to the book of Luke, chapter 15. Luke, chapter 15. Wrong one. You're, you're a few hours early. Amen. There you go. Luke 15, beginning at verse 11, I want to read down through verse 24. Very familiar passage of Scripture, but do remember, God's Word is inexhaustible. You can never exhaust a passage of Scripture. Every time you get back into it, God will show you something different. So look at this passage with me. Would you stand for just a moment? As we read these verses, I'll have a brief word of prayer and have you to be seated for the message this morning. I'm preaching on the subject, the search for true happiness. Thank God we can find it. Verse 11 said, and he said, a certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. He divided unto them his living. Not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country. There wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land. and He began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, And he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would fain have filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat. No man gave unto him. When he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father's have bread enough in despair, and I perish with hunger? I will arise and go to my father, and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight. And am no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to his servants, Bring forth the best robe and put it on him. And put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. Bring hither the fatted calf and kill it. Let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to be merry. Father, thank you for this wonderful singing this morning. How it's been an aid and help to us to draw our minds in from the cares of this life and look to you. I pray now that you'll bless the portion of thy word that I've read. Anoint the message and me as your messenger today. Speak to our hearts and we'll thank you for it in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen, and you may be seated. This 
parable is probably the best known of all the parables of the Bible. It's been called the greatest short story on earth. But the story is revealing a real message to our hearts. It reveals the search for true happiness. I want us to look at that in these verses this morning. First of all, I want us to think about the desires that mastered this younger son. If you're going to have true happiness in life, you must master your desires. Here was a young man that allowed his desires to master him. First of all, let me say to you that he was selfish. I mean, he was self-willed in his life. His life consisted of one-way traffic. Everything was headed to him. He was only interested in getting, getting more money, getting popularity, getting excitement and his own way in this life. So he was selfish in his desire. Secondly, we learned that he was sincere. No doubt in my mind concerning this, this young man was very sincere in what he was looking for. He was sincere thinking that away from the Father's house, he could find happiness in life. But we find As the scripture tells us, he went out as a free man and became a slave in the far country. Just being sincere about something doesn't make it right. You see, the Bible said there's a way that seemeth right unto man, but the ends thereof are the ways of death. And so he was no doubt sincere in his search. But not only do we find that he was selfish and that he was sincere, but there's no doubt in my mind he was stubborn. And we're going to learn in a few moments the father is the hero of this entire story. I mean, thank God for the daddy in this lesson. And there's no doubt in my mind that daddy tried everything in his own power to keep this younger son from making this journey into the far country away from the father's house. But here was a young man that had his mind made up. He was stubborn and would not listen to his father, but made his journey down into a far country. So we see the desires that mastered this younger son. Secondly, this morning, I want to talk about the disasters that met this younger son. As sure as you leave the father's house, as sure as you leave from under the father's protection, you're going to meet some disasters along life's journey. Let's look at them, if you will. What he had set out to get, we find this young man lost. First of all, he lost his wealth in life. The scripture said he wasted his substance with riotous living. He spent all that he had. And so here we find it cost 
costing something down in the far country. But not only did he lose his wealth, but he lost his way. He was looking for freedom and became a slave. What a sad commentary that's brought to our attention. We find this young man in bondage in the far country. But then also, not only did he just lose his wealth and lose his way, but he even lost his worth. He said, Father, I'm not worthy to be called thy son. Just make me as one of your hired servants. Now, he had already decided that the father's servants had more at his house than the prodigal had here in this far country. He would be better off just to be a servant back at his father's house. And he said, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to go and I'm going to tell my father that I have sinned and I want to be made a hired servant. So he lost his self-respect. He lost his worth in life. How sad that can be. So we see the disasters that met this younger son along the way. But not only do I want you to see this morning the desires that mastered this younger son, and to see the, the disasters that met this younger son. But I want you to think with me about the discoveries that made this younger son. Thank God for what he discovered down in the far country. If we can just make these discoveries, it'll get us to that place of true happiness in life. First of all, he discovered the failure that he was. Let me tell you something. God wants you and I to come to the end of self that we might look to him. Someone said to me on one occasion, preacher, I think we ought to do all that we can and then ask God to come and move in our life. I said, now that's all right. On one condition. And that is if you understand how much you can do. He said, well, is that clear? I said, oh, very clear. John chapter 15. Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. God help us to get that reality in our life. If we try within our own abilities, we're going to meet disaster along the way. He recognized the failure that he was. The Bible said, in all your ways, acknowledge him. Amen? I mean, lean not to thine own understanding. We must put our trust in him if we're going to find true happiness. He discovered the failure that he was. I mean, he had reached the bottom. He had thought himself to be wise. Now he recognizes he was a fool. He had thought himself to be strong. Now he recognizes how weak he is. He had thought 
He could find happiness. And we find he found misery in the far country. He started out rich and wound up broke down in the far country. He just recognized the failure that he had been within his own abilities. But not only did he discover the failure that he was, but secondly, he discovered the father that he had. Praise God for the father. Thank God for what he's got for you and I in this walk of life. And the prodigal discovered the father that he had. The scripture talks about when he came to the father. I mean, he discovered what a forgiving, loving father that he had. He had already rehearsed it in his mind that he was going to ask the father. Because of the failure he had been, he was going to ask him to make him as one of his hired servants. But have you recognized something? The father never gave him the opportunity to ask that question. When he said, I've sinned uh, against heaven and before thee, and am no more worthy to be called thy son, the father stepped in and stopped him right there. But I want you to see this picture. Here we have the prodigal on his way home. And as he gets toward the place of his father's house, he sees a figure coming toward him in the distance. Now he recognizes it's the father making his way toward him. You might say, well, don't you think that made him excited? Don't you think he was happy to see the father coming? No, no, just the opposite. I believe fear gripped his life. Because you see, this young son knew the laws of inheritance between two sons. If a man had two sons, in Deuteronomy 21, it tells exactly how the inheritance is to be divided. And the younger son knew that law. Do you know what the next verse is after that law is given? It says, if a a son will not hear his father, but is rebellious, let that father bring that son to the elders of the city and let them stone him with stones until he be dead. Prodigal saw his father coming and no doubt he thought within himself, He's not even going to let me get back on the property. He's not even going to let me give an opportunity to set things right. He's coming to turn me over to the elders and I'll be stoned. But did you know there was a way out? And thank God he took it. In Joshua chapter 10, the Bible gives us how a person can surrender to another. Let me tell you how it was done. That person was to come and lay down on the ground and stretch out his neck. And the victor to whom he was surrendering would come and put his foot on the neck of that person that had been defeated. And that was surrendering and declare victory in his life. That's what the prodigal did. 
He just laid down on the ground when he saw the Father coming and stretched out his neck, expecting a foot to come across his neck. Oh, but what a surprise. The Bible said the Father came and fell on his neck. Hey, I looked that word fell up in the Greek. Let me give you what it means. This is deep. You might ought to write this down. It means to fall. Ain't that deep? Now notice, here lays the Son on the ground with His neck stretched out. Instead of the Father putting a foot on His neck, He just fell down there where He was and began to kiss Him on the neck. Now the word kissed in this passage of Scripture is not in the aorist tense in the original. It's in the continual tense and it means He just kept on kissing Him. Praise God for the kiss of reconciliation. When the Father received Him back, oh, He kissed Him on the neck. Now notice, if you will, what happened. He said to His servant, go get the best robe. Underscore that word best in that verse of Scripture. It comes from a Greek word that means number one in rank. It means the first in authority. Not only did this boy get back in the family, but he got that robe that marked him as the leader of that family. Joseph got such a robe that caused his brothers to become jealous of him. And here, when the prodigal got home, he got that best robe to put on him. That robe comes down to the hands, down to the feet, and around the neck. All the scars, all of the things he'd received while he was away, now had been covered up by the Father. He said, now I want you to go get a ring and put it on his hand. Now that ring speaks of position. You see, with that ring... The son could do business for the father's family. All he had to do was to stamp that ring in wax that had been melted and it sealed any transaction that would take place. It revealed his position in the family. But not only did he say get the best robe and a ring, but he said get some shoes and put them on his feet. Did you know in the Bible when you see a person without shoes, it always speaks and shows them standing in shame. That's why our Lord wore no shoes, wore no shoes when He died on the cross. He died in shame for you and I. That's why God told Moses, take off your shoes. Because you see, Moses in his own power, in his own strength, had tried to deliver Israel and had failed and had been driven here into the back country as a refuge or as a refugee here in this country. And friend, I want you to know here he put some shoes on the prodigal's feet. That means he took away his shame before he received him back 
into the household. I like what I heard one preacher say. He said when the prodigal got home, the father robed him, wrung him, and shooed him. <laughs> Amen. And thank God that was a reality. But then he said something else. He said to the, his servant, go get the fatted calf and kill it. Now I want you to note something. He did not say, I want you to go down to barn two, stall three, and get that little white face calf. Didn't say that at all. He said, go get the fatted calf. Now that tells me in the past, one day the father and his servant was walking out across the meadow, and the father said to his servant, see that little calf? I want you to take it and put it up and stall feed it. The word fatted in this passage, the word fatted calf means stall fed calf. If you're going to eat one yourself, you don't let it just run and eat anything. You put it up and stall feed it in order that the meat might be tender and good. And he said to his servant, get that calf, put it up and stall feed it. No doubt he said, Master, are we going to have a feast? Oh, yes. What are we celebrating? He said, i got a boy that's down yonder in the far country. One of these days, that boy is going to come home. And when he gets home, I want us to have a calf ready for a feast here on, uh, at the house. Thank God. I'm glad the father's already got a calf fattened up just for you this morning. He's ready for us to make merry and have a great time when you come home to God. He discovered the father that he had. But, 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 but not only did he discover the failure that he was and the father that he had, but he discovered the fullness that he had sought for. Oh, it had been right here all the time at the Father's house. It had been right here under the Father's authority. Doing the Father's will was the place to find true happiness in life. And I want you to know this morning, the only place you'll ever find true happiness is under the authority of the Father, doing the Father's will, and eating off of the Father's table. Amen? I'll tell you what the devil desires. He desires to get you down in the slot pens of this world. Amen? The pig pens, where you can eat the slop with the hogs. But God wants you sitting around His table that God might feed you from His table and that you might be merry in Him in this life. So he discovered the fullness that he had sought when he got back home at the Father's house. Maybe you've been out there. You've been looking for happiness. You've been looking for something to satisfy you. But here you are back this morning and you say, Preacher, I just didn't find it. I want to just come this morning and I want to surrender. I want to stretch my neck out to the Father 
and make us surrender to Him that He might take me back and that we might begin to be merry. I like that statement here in this passage. It said in verse 24, and they began to be merry. Shows no end to it. They just started being happy in the Lord. God can give you true happiness in this life. Would you stand with me, please? Heads bowed and eyes closed for just a moment. They're going to sing.